Alright guys, welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. Today it's going to be just me and John. Josh is off doing whatever Josh is doing. He's being lazy, whatever. He's taking the entire summer off at this point, but that's alright. <laughs> um, we're going to get into the Royals. They've made some moves, finally. Uh, some progress, I would say. Uh, we'll get into the NBA, uh, free agency, the draft. Free agency hasn't started yet as of the recording of this, but the draft has come and gone. And there has been some free agency news that we will get into um, and then, yeah, we'll just hit on some other things as we go. Let's go ahead, though, and start with the Royals. And the big news in Royals Town isn't anything to do with how they're playing. It's that they traded Carlos Santana to the Seattle Mariners for two pitchers, one a minor league guy in single A, one a guy who's seen some time at the MLB level, uh, but still kind of a minor league guy at that, hasn't really pitched a ton at the big league level. Uh, and this allowed for them to call up Vinny Pascantino, the number three prospect in their system. So, John, what what do you think? What do you think of the move? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's a pleasant surprise. Um, uh, basically, three, four weeks ago, it was kind of unheard of that anyone would give anything for Carlos Santana. Um, and now they have. So that is nice. Um, let's face it, no matter how well Santana, if he continued hitting at this, like, 370,000 OPS clip, yeah that he's been in the month of uh, June, that's just not going to even get it over the hump for the Royals. Um, they're still going to finish double games below 500. Um, you know, the biggest question for me, and maybe you can answer this, is why Mariners buying? Um, I, I just feel like the path for them to make it into the postseason is very slim. I mean, mm -hmm. they're sitting five games behind 500, and there are three teams in the AL East that are 10 games above 500. So it's pretty difficult to see them making a run in. Um, but nonetheless, man, I'll take it. And yeah, we get to see Benny Pasquantino finally, because I mean, there's just no way being in triple a is productive for him at this point. I think the Mariners will, for one, um, I think your point about them, maybe not being able to compete is correct, but I think that the point, I think the reason they did it is because Ty France got hurt, their first baseman, who's having an all-star year, having like mm -hmm. 300, you know, really good OPS, things like that. So I think that's probably why they made the move, but I'm just not sure that they're in a situation. I don't think they're in a position to win this year, like you said. I don't think they're – they're definitely not going to win the division. Houston's run away with that already. It's over. Uh, and Santana's contract expires this year, does it not? It does. Um it's, okay. At the end of this year, it does, and the Royals uh, are going to pay four of the remaining five million dollars of that deal, uh, <laughs> which is fine. You know, that's actually something that I was pretty oh. happy to see. I was happy to, to see to get that. prospects for that is totally. I was happy to see sense. John Sherman actually, you know, do something. Yeah. Like actually spend a little bit of money. Just it, the sunken cost uh, argument was just so tiring. Um, mm -hmm. In turn, they get William Fleming a. Right-handed pitcher, he's a starter. He was an 11th round pick in 2021 last year. Uh, he's going to be a high A affiliate immediately. This year, he's got a 4.92 ERA in 67 and two-thirds innings. Nothing really crazy there with him. Um, it is what it is. And then the other guy, let me find his name. I, I can't remember this guy's name. Uh, but he's, he's pitched a yeah. little bit at the major league level. And he... Doesn't have the greatest uh, 
greatest stats, but that's, you know, it's whatever. Wyatt Mills, that's the guy's name. Wyatt yeah. Mills. And the interesting note with him is he is, like, submarine as hell. I think he has the lowest, like, average release point of all of the pitchers to play in the MLB this year. This is a little uh, side note for him. But, look, at the end of the day, man, it doesn't matter to me whether these pitchers are particularly good, right? Because, yeah. the, I mean, at this point, we freed up a roster spot to get up past Guantino. Not that we shouldn't have already done that by just getting rid of Ryan O'Hearn because yeah. there's nothing left there. But, hey, at least we get done. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit annoying. It comes at a time that Santana was helping us win a few games, but I take no way with getting him out the door. Yeah. Um, and I think this was news that was really welcomed by everyone. And now we get to see what Vinny finally can do because, let's face it, players that are hitting at that clip in AAA – really don't need to spend any more time down there like there's there's no point so it's good that we got him out of that well yeah he hit the he hit the Dayton Moore 500 at bat special in the minor leagues Dayton Moore oh yeah always is talking about they need 500 at bats in the minor leagues typically and 250 Mm -hmm. at bats he got his 250th at bat at AAA like this week so I'm not surprised of the timing. Also, Santana, like you said, was just crushing the baseball. Uh, they said that they had been in talks with teams with Santana for a little bit, uh, but talks really heated up over the weekend. That's probably because he's actually hitting the ball. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to get two relievers or two pitchers back for Santana, it kind of excites me for the potential that they could get back from Merrifield for Grinky for Michael A. Taylor, for Benintendi. Benintendi, for God, Barlow would bring you in a insane haul. Uh, it's just kind of like, if you can get this for Carlos Santana, like you should be able to get a lot for what you have on the roster right now. Like Even Merrifield having a down season, I feel like teams would be, I feel like Merrifield's a bigger trade asset than Santana, even, you know, even yeah. if they're having bad seasons, both of them. And the problem with Whip for me is that, I mean, how is this the season that it's finally like the Royals are going to move Whip? Like, I I feel like the the narrative with him the past few windows has been that, like, we haven't gotten the return we'd like to see for him. And that's just never made any sense to me, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what's going to change it this time around. I guess maybe us just lowering our standards. Yeah. But, good Lord. I mean, he's having his worst season he's had since, like, the year Ever. he came up. Ever. Um. Yeah, and I mean, he's still extremely valuable. He can play every single position. He can steal some bases, um, and he gets on base. Um, so I am a little bit confused as to why this is the one with all the steam, but I think it's finally time to do it. And you made a good point. There's going to be a lot of people being shown the door at Kaufman, and I mean, I think we can get some some solid... I mean, I assume it'll be for mostly pitching, right? <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of our aim. But yeah, between all of those guys you mentioned, there's going to be a lot of shakeups between now and the end of July, for sure. The guy that I really think that they could get a haul for, too, is Taylor. Because right now, Taylor is hitting 276 with a 356 on base percentage and a 767 OPS and 118 OPS plus. Yeah, but and his Duarte plus is like perspective, His career OPS plus is 82. So for it to be 118, he's having like an insane season right now the best he's gonna have he's a hell of a defender and like i don't know it's just like who couldn't use like that even if it's off the bench yeah. like, who couldn't use i have an no clue. 
Like I, Milwaukee could use an outfielder because Kane ended up not producing this year and they ended up having to cut him. Like the fact that Taylor is having this good of a season. And I think, you know, remember we went to opening day last year and he went absolutely bonkers and we were like, well, this, this isn't going to last. That's kind of how I feel about this is like, this isn't going to last either. And I would make a move quicker rather than later. Cause I have a, I have a bad feeling if you wait till July 31st, when the trade deadline hits, his value might not be as high as it is today. It might not be much lower, but it might not be as good as it is right now because he's hitting at career highs right now. Yeah, and I mean, I think you have to question how much teams trust that this will continue as well. But, I mean, you said it at the very least. Even last season, I mean, what, he ended up as like a 230 hitter. I think that's still pretty valuable given his defensive output. He won a gold Um, glove. Yeah, yeah, the... The player that he is all around, um, I think, and I think it holds some value. So, yeah, I think there's gonna be there's gonna be some moves to come. I think mm-hmm. this is just a start. And you know, there's the obvious guys that have to go. Like Ben Attendee, they have something for him, right? They have to get something for Grinky. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the the Royals thing is gonna heat up. All of this is to say, though, poor. I don't remember the names of the people we traded for Santana, but poor them yeah. because. For as long as Cal Eldred is still our pitching coach, they are going to advance no not at all yeah. in their time at, in time in Kansas City. I mean, I think we talked about this in the group chat this morning. I want to bring it up. There are multiple pitchers who were terrible for years, for oh, multiple I've, I've years. Said this. Yeah, this has been yeah. – and if, for anyone that wants to you know, look at it, there's a YouTube video I put out about – I don't even know if it was a month ago on the channel, Primetime Kansas City channel on YouTube – just about like how many pitchers, how many guys have just been absolutely just t- terrible here, and they've done so well. Junis, I mean, Jorge Lopez, it's astonishing. Couldn't make it through an inning here. He's the oh, best closer he in baseball. Two batters. He's it the best like closer in baseball this year. Like him and Josh Hader are like literal the same numbers right now. It's insane. Um, you know, guys like Matt Strom, you know, they've done better since they've left here. It's just how Tim Hill even has a four two ERA in like forty innings. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's it's how many guys have to do that well elsewhere for you to realize like, hey, they're not the, the we guys. suck. And you would think, right, that Dayton Moore would want to act on this rather quickly than later because Dayton Moore is getting viewed as like, damn, this guy has no eye for talent. When in reality, I don't think that's the truth. I think that he's still got a solid eye for talent, yeah. especially pitching. You got to consider all of the great pitching that he brought in when we won the World Series. He's got a great eye for talent, in my opinion. It's just that he, the guys developing it, are worse. And like, like we said, I talked about this earlier. Is Dave Island some god? No, but he, guys developed under him. Guys got better under him. Guys like Duffy, got you know, guys actually improved with Dave Island as pitching coach. There wasn't many guys that got to the majors and like significantly regressed like they are, you know, in this situation. So I, I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, it I, I, some of it feels like it's Matheny. That feels like, look, Matheny really likes the guy. Matheny didn't care about Terry Bradshaw. That's why it was easier to fire him. But at some point, you have to just, like, friendships have to leave. Friendships can't mm-hmm. be the dictator of what's happening anymore. Nope. And this this just can't continue. It's unbelievable. And it it the biggest one for me is that he should have been fired. I mean, there's even an argument he should have been fired after his first year. But even after the COVID season, it was like, all right, yep, 
this guy's done nothing. Like we have mm-hmm. all of these young guys, and they've all been nothing but terrible. Um, except for oh, but 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 Scott Barlow and Josh Stallman are kind of good. So like, he's he's doing a great job. Like or, oh, Brady Singer had a, gave up three runs yesterday. Cal's just killing it. He's yeah, he's it's like making them great. It's uh, like at this point, I can't. It's like I honestly like I'm not rooting for guys not to do well, but it kind of sucks when guys do do well because you know it's gonna just give. Dayton, like, if, if Daniel Lynch goes seven innings and allows two runs, but the other five, if in a five-start stretch he has one start where he goes seven innings and shuts somebody out, and the other four starts he doesn't make it to the fifth inning, Dayton Moore's going to get up there and talk about the one start he did well and ignore the four starts he did terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's what's frustrating is, like, you'd be like, well, if you're going to criticize him for Coar and Bubich's struggles, you better give him credit for Lynch's and Singer's successes. That might make sense if Singer and Lynch were, like, a three or under ERA, but they're not. They're like league average pitchers, and these other guys are yep. just abysmal. Like it's, it's like we're talking to a wall. Yeah. Like it's nobody yeah. disagrees. And I've seen what's really ra- opened my eyes is I've started to see people outside of Kansas City saying like I've for the first time like last week I saw a verified account like say something like how does the Royals pitching coach still have a job when they've drafted this much talent and they're this bad. And I was like, we need more people to start saying that. Like, we need, need, need people, like, yeah. outside of Kansas City to start applying pressure. Because if this was New York, if this was Houston, if this was Chicago, if this was L.A., it would happen, right? It would, like, uh-huh. there would be a national, like, laughing stock. Kansas City, they just, like, oh, they, you know, no one cares. Outside of Kansas City, nobody puts pressure on the Royals to do anything. And it's frustrating as yep. hell. So it is. And I mean, look, I, I just I hate how much they use short term success as like identification too. like, yeah, we've seen it with Brad Keller. We've seen it with um, Lynch and Stinger at times where they'll have like four starts and it'll be like, oh, it's turning mm-hmm. around. And then yeah. it's like oh, we gave up 10 runs like uh, I just I can't handle it anymore. And I've, I've I agree with you, Jack. In some ways, it frustrates me when we do well, because it's like. This is a this is a fake result. Like the yeah. next four days are gonna suck, but this one day is gonna be the thing that Dayton's gonna. And they're gonna yeah, and they're gonna cling on to it. They will not let that day go. That's the day that they're gonna yep. be like. It's 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 just so annoying. And like last night, like, and I and I tweeted this out as a positive because it is a positive. In like Jackson Coar's first appearance since coming back up, he went three and a third, didn't allow a run, struck out five. I mean that's the best we've seen of Coar by far. I don't think he had made mm-hmm. an inning without giving up a run before last night. And, like, that's good, and that's, like, something that, like, we just fans should be like, okay, there might be something there. But the problem is you know that Dayton and J.J. Picolio look at that and they're like, see, Eldred's progressing these guys. He's doing all right. Like, no, yeah, we'll see not. that next time he reverts he's right not. back to his old. Like, that's not the truth. Like, that's could not be further from the case. It's like every time that they come up, is like their best and then like two three starts after they've been up they go right back to being terrible because they've been around Eldred too long it's yeah I it's like like I said though it's like arguing a wall because Dayton is so loyal especially to guys who have good character like that that narrative has to stop where he's like Mm -hmm. remember that quote like a week ago where he was like we've seen Eldred we've seen Eldred's attitude really like improve what yeah or he said like he's He's making them into like great men, and that's yeah. That's it's more like important. that's something like a high school coach is supposed to do. 
Like, yeah. you, these are grown it's ass even men. It's what, like, a freshman team coach is supposed to say. These are like, grown ass men. Like, yeah. they don't need you to groom them into great men. That's what, like, nope. yeah, that's like the eighth grade basketball coach. That's what the minor leagues that. are for. Yeah, like, that's insane to me that they have that, like, that's that he would come out and publicly say that even if he thought that that would be insane to publicly say that when the team's been performing the way it is is just batshit crazy that's absolutely insane and you know we can go all day on like the last note i just have to add and i'm sure we've mentioned it on here before it's just like look at the instant improving improvement in the hitting from the second we fired bradshaw like it (laughs) there is a graph and it improved and is continued to improve from the moment that we did that. Um, but for some weird reason, we just don't want to do that with Cal. And here's the last and thing I'll I say. Don't, I don't see it coming. Here's the last thing I'll say today. A guy named uh, Brian underscore Birch responded to us on Twitter. Uh, so if you're listening to this, shout out to you. He said, one thing a modern manager does is he's supposed to pull the pitcher. Royals starters ERA the first two times through the order is 4.4, which is 23rd in the MLB, which isn't good, granted, it's not, but that's not what I'm trying to get at here. Royals starters ERA the third time through the order is 8.63. By far, not even close, the worst in the major leagues. It's not close. And I think a lot of that, too, is because we let him go all the way through that third round of the order. Like... I just I can't even begin to count the number of times that we've gotten burned because we just want to leave people in. Like, what the hell was Mike doing with Singer going into the ninth? I said with, that like, too. I said that in the chat on Sunday. No, I. The, the only reason I didn't have an issue with it was because it was like, who cares if we win or lose? That's true. But it, at the end of the day, man, it's a bad just decision. Doesn't last make night. Any last night stuff. upset me too because. They get down 4-1. to one. Bubich is doing terrible again. They fight back to tie it at 4-4 four to four off a guy who has a sub-2-2 two, two ERA. Like, how often is that going to happen? And then it's 5-4, and I'm like, okay, at this point, going to the fifth inning, Bubich should be pulled. Nope. Bubich starts the inning, gives up two. And this guy, Brian Birch, also said that Royals relievers this year, ERA, with nobody on and no outs, a clean inning just starting the inning, 0.66 ERA. <laughs> 0.66. All right, give it to me when they get a non-clean inning. Let's hear it. I don't have the stat for when they have a non-clean inning in front of okay. me. But, but it, it can't be good. But the point is, why was a reliever not out there to start the fifth when Bubich was at like 85 pitches and gave up five runs already? Like that. It's stuff like that that pisses me off about Mike Matheny. He's like, it's the little things with him. No, I've I've lost my like enthusiasm for the Royals until literally like until either both both JJ and Dayton are fired or both Mike and Cal are fired, mm-hmm. and even then I want them all gone. But it's just it isn't it is going to improve. It's not. It's it's been the same thing over and over, and it blows. It just does. All right, uh, <laughs> moving on. Well, let's move to the NBA because I mean we could do this all day. Yeah, we'll just. Yeah, easy. there's a million things fucked um, up with the Royals. At the NBA, okay, so the draft was last week. I'm not going to lie. Once you get past the lottery, I don't know anybody. The G League has kind of mm-hmm. ruined it. Like, it it's, yeah, it, not, not really. It's like you don't know these guys, and that's what kind of makes it less entertaining to watch. Same with the MLB. Um, but, I mean, Paulo going one. What do you think of that? Were you, I was surprised, first Ooh. of all. 
I did not think it was going to be Paulo. It was first, like, you know, the main guy that, like, oh, it looks like it's going to be this guy. Like, that's who it is. And, of course, that was the case. Um, but, yeah, no, I do find it a little bit surprising. I'm not going to say that I'm, like, questioning the decision. I'm not a scout. Um, like, I do not know what the deficiencies of those other options would be. But, yeah, it was surprising. I mean, it seemed like seemed like Jabari was kind of, you know, locked in there. Same thing with Chet at two, and then it kind of got flipped on its head. And we'll have to see how that plays out. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very interesting for Orlando. Um, but who knows how big of a deal it's going to play out. It's hard to get excited or intrigued by a player that's just going to go play for the Magic. Like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I honestly do feel like the top three guys, uh, Chet, Paulo, and Jabari, are all really, really good, obviously. I It's one of those where I feel like the top three will flourish. I feel like all three of those guys will play very, very well in their career. And I actually think there's a chance the entire top five do well. My only concern is one of them went to the Kings. Uh, that, that always is that's always <laughs> yep. a cause for concern. Although it does confirm that Jaden Ivey is going to be a Hall of Famer because he went the pick after Sacramento. So he's good. Oh. Yep. You, if you if you can yep. bet on Hall of Fame futures, that's probably like a thirty year future. But if you can do that, mm-hmm. yeah, bet Jaden Ivey to make the Hall of Fame. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I, I think overall the top five was pretty good. Keegan Murray, I think, was a little bit of a reach, but you know, Jaden Ivey didn't want to go to Sacramento, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't have wanted to go there. For being fair, who would want to who would want to go to Sacramento? Let's be honest. That's true. Yeah, um, <laughs> he pulled a he pulled an Eli Manning, and you know, you gotta give him credit. It worked. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought the draft overall, nobody really did crazy bad. Ochai goes 14 to Cleveland. I'm so glad Ochai's out of KU now because I kind of like Ochai as a player. I think Ochai's oh, a yeah. likable person. I just can't root for KU. Now, no, I know your new least favorite team, though. I know your new least favorite, if they weren't already, is the Denver Nuggets. Because oh, they, added they were already Braun. my least favorite team. They add Christian Braun, and now they've got Michael Porter on the team as well. They were they would like always be the last team I'd cheer for. Like there is not a situation and you know, it sucks too, because I'm very much a Nikola Jokic like truther. Like I I support him. I like I fully have been on his side for both the last two MVP things. And I think he's an incredibly unique player, but God, that nothing is my like I think in all of sports, if there was a team like in their current composition that I could like block them from winning a title, um, I guess Tom Brady didn't retire, so I'll I'll definitely put that at number one. But at number two, it's definitely that Denver team. And yeah, they just reaffirmed it even more because I mm-hmm. hate Christian Brown with a pen. I hate him. I hate his whole family. I I literally can't stand their stupid faces. Everyone talking about his mom literally do care. She's a bitch. Like, all right. What's up? Yeah, sure. All right. Sorry. So I've been summoned by my mother in the middle of the mm-hmm. podcast. But you can honestly probably just, you know, put an edit on because I called Christian Brown's mom a bitch. But anyway. Um, she they, is hot. You know, I mean, if we have to put I'm, it out there, she is a very attractive female. Nope. And I know her at all personally, but I just really do not do not like the, the picture Brown family. Of, just and and I'm going to tweet this out all season. It is the picture of Christian Brown's mom with Isaiah Mosley like cuddling. That is so fucking funny. I if when we play KU, if we so even happen to make that a close game, I'm just gonna tweet the shit out of that. 
That's in anything Christian Braun does well. I now that Isaiah Mosley is a Tiger. Uh, yeah, that have you seen the picture? Yes, yes. Yeah, I love that picture. Yeah, it's funny. No, it's a good picture. Uh, it is. And like all of Braun's teammates always gave him shit for like their like how hot their mom was. Like they would always. Parker's and Christian's both did. So I think it's funny <laughs> as hell that there's that picture of Isaiah with her. Uh, but yeah. Other than that, oh. let's let's move into past the draft. Um, NBA free agencies are coming up. Kyrie Irving had really stirred some shit, made it sound like he was possibly going to leave, maybe join the Lakers on a contract as little as $6 million, uh, ends up staying, and now it looks like Brooklyn's going to retain him. Durant and uh, Ben Simmons will play with him next year. He said, dare to be different. I'm not sure taking $36 million instead of six was daring to be different, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, overall, a lot and, of... And who was it that made it seem like he was ever thinking about leaving in the first place? Him. Like... He, he's very... Just, he's very self-centered. I don't think anyone's ever debated that. Like, he is just a very, like... He only cares really about himself in basketball. Like, leaving Cleveland, he's admitted, was immature of him. Like, it, like he wants to... He just cares about himself. And that's fine. There's guys in the league that do that. But you can't act like the victim when you cause everything that happens to you. Like, whenever you couldn't play any games this year because you didn't get the vaccine, you were, like, pissed off and you were saying a bunch of stuff. You, you chose this. Like, you, this was your mm-hmm. decision. And, and, you know, granted, I think I've been on this podcast before where I've said, like, I thought it was kind of stupid how Kyrie could be, you know, this is back when COVID actually mattered. I thought it was stupid how Kyrie could be, a fan in attendance at a Brooklyn Nets home game, but he couldn't play. I always thought that was stupid. But oh yeah, the end of the day, like he makes himself the victim in the situation, regardless. When it's so clearly obvious that he's causing the problems upon himself, I don't think Brooklyn works out. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I know they're gonna. Ha- I know they'll bring those guys back. I still don't think with Kyrie, with Kevin Durant, and even Ben Simmons, and whatever role players they bring in. I still don't think they're better than the Celtics, and I still don't think they're better than the Bucks. Yeah, you know, you're probably right. Like, I think there's a, a a situation where they are, but I think it's difficult for them to align the pieces in that way. Um, I am still um, more willing to stand up for Ben Simmons than, like, all the NBA fans, so I have to acknowledge that. But I, I still think there's a little something there. Um you know, at the end of the day, man, I think a lot of it too is you got to look at personalities, and I think they have three. I'm just gonna call them toxic personalities in that locker room, yeah. Um, and yeah, that usually isn't a good recipe. And look, they're still just so barren from the way that they constructed themselves two years ago that it's hard for them to really convince me that they're gonna top to bottom be able to compete with the other big dogs in the East and. Mainly for me, it's believing that he didn't go to the Lakers. Because like I said in our group chat last night, mm-hmm. if he did, that would make all too much sense for the Lakers. And it would be terrifying as a Clippers fan. Uh, the thought of Kyrie, LeBron, and AD sharing the court at the same time scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that that is not happening. But speaking of point guards who are leaving, mm-hmm. John Wall. Yeah, how do you feel about that? The Clippers. Um, so like, I'm not going to act like John Wall is like still the star player that he was. He isn't, um, he averaged like 20 in last year, which is obviously really good, but it was Did for he the play Rockets. Last year? 
or whenever he last played. I, I he played a little bit last year, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I let me check. I, I don't remember I him playing, down, but, but I believe he played. Nope, sat out. Last season he played. Sat out was, the whole year. Sat out the whole year. He sat out. Well, he missed That's... all of 2019 and all of 2020 with an Achilles injury. He sat out all of last year. In 2020 and 2021, he played 40 games and averaged 20.6. Okay, that's what it is. Sorry, yeah. I didn't even realize it was it was 2020, 2021 that I those stats are from. That said, and I'll let you keep going after this, though, but I saw a tweet that was like, in John Wall's last full season, he averaged 23 and 10. Like, the league should look out for the Clippers. And I'm like, bro, the last time you played a full season, Obama was in office. Like, this, this has been that long ago that he's played an entire season. Like, I'm yeah. not saying he won't be effective, but he's going to be a lot closer to Eric Bledsoe than he's going to be to that John Wall at this point. Absolutely, right? And that's that's kind of a big thing. Um, the, the real thing, though, that I like about this pickup for the Clippers, though, is that he's, I think, primarily he'll be a playmaker in that Clippers work, which is something that they have been looking for for so yeah. long, and I think they finally got it. I mean, they tried to sign Rondo to do that, and it didn't yeah. entirely work out. Um so I'm hoping that this is kind of the move that mitigates that problem. Um, he's had a whole year to sit out, though. Yeah. Um, and the the season that he did play, he didn't get re-injured. So I think all of those things are positive. Uh, but I think it's just another piece. And another thing that the Clippers have to remember is they wore Reggie Jackson down to like his core last year. He is not a guy that you rely on to basically run your entire offense for you. Um, and now... He's a bench piece. Um, I imagine John Wall will be in that starting five. So See, I think that I would makes the start Clippers... Reggie. That's that's the difference. Is I think. Reggie I mean, Jackson... you could start Reggie, but at the same time, you just think of the dynamic when you can bring Reggie on when Kawhi and Paul George are off the court. And I think that's really where you look at him as valuable. Um, I, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, who knows? Yeah. No, I, I thought you know it's whatever. Like I would have been fine with the Lakers bringing him into or the Heat. Like some. Honestly, like John Wall's just a flyer. Like it doesn't really matter if he doesn't play that rate that great yeah. because he's just a flyer at this point, and you don't have to pay him anything. Houston has to pay the rest of his contract. Uh, some other news that's uh, you know just circulating in the league. It appears as if Bradley Beal might be going back to Washington. That's the newest rumor on a max deal. I'll be honest. If I'm Washington, I'm just not doing it. I'm just not doing it. There's no reason in your current state, if you're the Washington Wizards, to give Bradley Beal a max contract and try and compete with him. He, first of all, is not a one. Bradley Beal will never win a championship as your best player. He can win a championship as one of your best players, but as the best player, no. And I just went to his basketball reference page and I just saw it was his birthday today, so sorry for talking shit on you on your birthday, Bradley. But, uh, yeah, you're not winning a championship with him as your one. And the, the Wizards don't have anyone close to his play style or anywhere close to his level for them to compete next year. So I'm looking at a sign and trade if I'm the Wizards. Yeah, I think that's a move that makes sense. I mean, he's been the most tricky case to move on in the NBA for a while. Um so at the end of the day with him, it's just it's hard to tell. But who did you say the front runner front runner for him is again? Um well if there is one. There's been a lot of talk, but apparently the 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 best rumor right now, the best the where it's leaning is he's re signing a max with the Wizards. Um, okay. There's also been talks about the Celtics. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how that possible that actually is, but there's been talks about that. Um, this free agent class kind of sucks, if we're being honest, and nobody has cap space anyway. Harden's going to opt into his deal. Uh, Wall is already gone. Beal's probably going to re-sign on a max. The next best available is Gary or Zach Levine. 
Zach Levine will be interesting. I don't I don't know if he resigns with Chicago, but that that's the thing is like nobody has cap space in the NBA at all. And if if Levine signs with Chicago, Wall could end up being the biggest move. <laughs> I mean, the biggest move is probably going to end up being a trade. It's probably going to end up being, I would assume, DeAndre Ayton getting moved. I assume he's going to get moved. It would be kind of crazy if he didn't get moved. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Right now, and it, this is the funniest damn thing about the NBA. Not one team right now has positive cap space. Not one. Like that's hilarious. Like you think about in the NFL, how like every year there's teams with like eighty, seventy million dollars to spend in cap space once free agency starts. Not one. The best is the Knicks at negative three million dollars. The three million in the wrong direction. I lost for a second. Um, but I think I think we've hit most of it here. <laughs> yeah, we can go ahead and end it. Uh, do you have a D4 of the week? Uh, the Supreme Court. Yeah, I, I was also going to give one that actually broke out. Not a non-sports one that just broke during our podcast. Uh, don't know if you've seen it. Jazine Maxwell. She got 20 years in prison. Uh, so that'll be the rest nice. of your life. Uh, you get to be D4 of the week, I guess. Um, yeah. We don't have a sports D4. This is like the worst part, and we'll end it right after this, but this is like the worst part of the calendar year for sports uh, because, like, yes, there's baseball, but baseball games don't get meaningful until, like, August, September. So we really are in a dry stretch. Until training camp starts, there's really nothing. Like, once the once the Stanley yeah. Cup ended, I was like, damn, we don't have, like, a meaningful sporting event for a long time. But that's all right. Yeah, and we, we get... can't just do Cal Eldred every week. So. Yeah, I mean, we could, but we're just – you know, we're just not going to. I'm going to start a thing on Twitter. I've seen Josh has started a thing where he's tweeted out, like, day seven of asking to get on bussing with the boys. Like, like if there was ever a goddamn chance we would get on that. Um, but I'm going to start, like, day one of asking the Royals to fire Cal Eldred and just see how many days it can go. But other than that, this has been Primetime Kansas City. Good to be back. Get an episode out. No, we haven't been uploading so much in the summer. Things come up. Isn't the busiest sports time of the year. The Royals suck. But we'll go ahead and leave it at that, and we'll see you all again next week. Peace.